0: Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news, and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel
1: Aloisi. Well, my guest today on Private Club Radio is Gavin Robinson, Professional Development Manager at the Golf Club Managers Association, the GCMA in the UK. So, Gavin, welcome to Private Club Radio, sir.
0: Thank you, Gabe. Uh, Pleasure to be with you.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you. I've I've, uh, enjoyed learning from you guys and I actually got to participate on a webinar that you guys had during this whole crisis. You guys have done really well throughout the COVID-19 crisis to keep clubs informed and up to speed and and really be a leader over there. So my hat's off to you guys. I'd love to just get a little bit of your background, Gavin. Um, What what, what led you to the role that you're in now?
0: Yeah, thank you very much, Gabe, for that. And Yeah, so um, my my history is um, a a long, long story. I'll I'll try and be as brief as possible. Um, I I started playing golf in Northern Ireland when I was nine years old. Fell in love with the game immediately, um, and played it up till I was eighteen. I was uh, sort of almost um, professional level at that time. But uh, growing up in Northern Ireland in the 80s uh, wasn't, wasn't a great experience, uh, for, for those of you who have heard of the Troubles. Uh, so a so priority of mine was to, was to leave Northern Ireland when I was 18. And uh, without any golf scholarships being available at that time, um, or no internet either, to, to, to know anything more about where I could access that, I went to study in, in England uh, and did a, a degree in, in logistics um, and after that, I decided to go back to, to golf. And um, so I, I studied at the PGA. I qualified as a, as a PGA professional in 1999. Um, and and after that, uh, I got an opportunity to go and work in Mexico uh, as a golf pro. So I was young, free and single and um, thought I'd go out for six months, see what I thought. I started my first um, port of call in Mexico it was Mexico City uh, in a... In a private members' club called Bosque Real Country Club, and well, absolutely mind-blowing place. Uh, at that time, it was the largest clubhouse in the world. Wow! Um, you know, I, I was coming from Ireland in February uh, and arriving in Mexico, so you can imagine the, the <laughs> first week there, there, there wasn't a cloud in the sky. I was starting mm. to question if they they have clouds there. So it's <laughs> a great country. So. Um, so, uh, you know, an extremely impressive first week in Mexico. Actually, we had a Champions Tour event uh, that week, and I was a starter. Uh, that was my first job there, was, was starting a Champions Tour event. So, so I, you know, I stayed there for five years. I started as Director of Instruction, and then after a year, they made me Director of Golf. Um, and, yeah, I got married there as well, which was a fantastic experience for all my family, uh, coming over from, from the U.K., did you places. marry
1: someone from mexico there or was it another i did
0: yes mexico? my my wife is mexican and cool. um you know but uh so how's your spanish think, gavin well i made it a priority um you know being a golf teacher communication is is key you know butch harman was my favorite you know teacher and when he was teaching with tiger it was really communication i felt was it wasn't that his technical knowledge was superior to everybody else it was how he communicated so i felt that was a, a priority and, uh, so I, yeah, I, I was, um, I was bringing Spanish into my golf lessons within six months. So, uh, and so after a year I was then put in charge of 36 staff and 160 caddies. So, you know, I, I learned the language pretty quickly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was good. Uh, so after that, I got headhunted for a, another project in Guadalajara, uh, which was a Jack Nicklaus signature course called El Rio, uh, absolutely fabulous design, um, but unfortunately, that that project suffered from about three three major issues. Uh, its location was it was quite difficult to get to. It was maybe twenty miles outside of the city, on a on a on a very very busy road, especially during holiday time. It was the main the main route to Puerto Vallarta. For those of the, those of you who know that fantastic fantastic uh, coastal and um, town. Um, it it also had a problem with um, with water so um, so temperatures uh, in in the in the summertime got up to about 40 degrees and that, that really affected the other problem that I had was the grass type that was put down it was rye grass with bent so rye grass in those sorts of temperatures the only way is to is to keep it wet to keep it alive uh, so so those so after after 5 years there um, i i took on a different project um, in in carretero which is about 2 hours northwest of, of mexico city uh, a public golf course, which actually was my burning ambition when I was in Mexico, was to do a public golf course. Uh, there were rumors of it while I was at Boscareal. I was certainly, I certainly put my hand up for that role, but it never materialized. So, so the opportunity to do a public golf course in Mexico City was was for me the best way that, and um, they're going to grow the game there. Um, I mean, we had such a such a buzz about Loreno Chua at, at that time, and you know, from 2003 to 2000, and, uh, about 13 2014, while I was there, Um but they didn't have the infrastructure, didn't have enough golf courses to to take advantage of that. So the game wasn't actually growing through through that time. So I felt if I could uh, make a success of a public golf course, then other investors would uh, take note of that. And start and, and replicate that model, hopefully throughout throughout the country. Which you know, so so I did that for five years, and um, it went very well. Um, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, had the golf course absolutely full. Uh, we broke even um, you know, after three and a half years, and uh, yeah. So so it was it was good. But my time came to an end there, and then um, came back to the UK with with family, two daughters, and uh, my wife brought them all back to the to the lovely weather in the UK in the middle of, of Brexit crisis, um, uh, yeah, I started trying to, to find my way again, make up uh, some old connections. After 15 years, it's um, you know you don't have that many connections left, so so it took it took some time to to find find my, my place and my role here. Uh, quite a lot of networking, and and eventually I, I I got this role with the GCMA, so I'm absolutely delighted to have this role. Uh, as professional development manager in charge of education obviously i'm a, originally a teacher and uh, but now but i am uh, making sure that the the general managers uh, have the the education and training that they need to to stay at the top of their game so yeah so that's that's where i am and that's, that's, where we're, that's where we're going how big is the
1: is the gcma right now how many clubs uh, or or managers or members of the organization right now
0: we have 1,600 uh, general managers, um, and if you think of uh, the amount of golf facilities within the UK, um, that's that's over 50. So, uh, so we've we've got a very good uh, a very good membership.
1: Yeah. What are some of the hot button topics? Like, what are some of the things that you see that your managers could really use some improvement on, or that they're looking to learn in their career path?
0: Well, I certainly think some of some of the trends uh, in in the UK market are. Um, trying to put the golf club back at the centre of the community, uh, which is basically where it started, um, when there was that the explosion of golf uh, building of golf courses around the turn of the twentieth century. Golf courses at that time were part of uh, they were they were an amenity basically for uh, for a local development, and so but somehow we've we've lost a lot of those golf courses. They've um, they've sold up uh, for for residential uh, and moved out of town. Uh, and lost, and perhaps lost a little bit of that that community spirit. So re- that's certainly one of the topics is trying to get golf back at the centre of the community. Um, another another extremely important topic at the moment is that of well being, and um, it's um, you know obviously with the they might have changed that we're going through at the moment uh, with with COVID nineteen, um, and you know general managers have really you know they've stepped up to the plate. There's no question about it. They've often been the the only member of staff or perhaps with, with two greenkeepers and um, basically to look after the club through through the period of lockdown. So very, very stressful and busy time. Um, and that's really where our, our, our webinar series came in to to support them. And so they didn't feel quite so lonely. It is actually a very lonely job, general manager, as, as a lot of your listeners will know. And, um, you know, you get it from all sides. You're, you're, you're not really... You're not really friends with anybody, so it's uh, it can be difficult. So that so that network and community within our own uh, general managers um is, is absolutely key um, and 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 hopefully hopefully appreciate it. I think from the comments that we've had that it it has been. So yeah, they, so that, that would be another big issue, yeah, the, the, the well being side of it.
1: Yeah, I bet you you had hundreds of people on some of those webinars. So that that was uh, definitely there was some craving for uh, community there, which is good to see. I want to take it back to your 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 first point there, where you talked about how clubs in the in, the, in England and in the UK kind of started off as you know community amenities uh, for the local towns that they belonged in. How do you think we can get back that to that? And how do you think that private clubs in the United States? What lessons could we learn from that model uh, that might help us here?
0: I'm not so sure that that we can teach you guys that much, to be honest. Uh, I think I think you're pretty much switched on. Um, I mean, obviously, I've uh, I've, I've had quite a, quite a few visits to the states um, and some different clubs. I remember playing Pelican Hill on the on the, the West Coast, uh, around Los Angeles, absolutely fabulous resort golf clubs courses. Um, so certainly, as regards revenue streams, um, I, I think the the resorts and golf clubs in the states are an awful lot more aware than than we are here. Um, and really, you know, focusing on on member engagement is, is is certainly a key over there. Over here, things are a little bit different. And um, I think the location obviously determines an awful lot of what you can do, what you can't do. So if you are in one of those out of town um, sites, then then you're going to have to bring people out to you. Um, but certainly, it's it is you know, it, it's it's not rocket science. It's making contact with the schools. It's um, it's perhaps op- op- perhaps opening your doors to the local community, perhaps one day a week, so as those so people can come in and have a look around and see what you have, and um, you know that that can obviously be a controlled environment. We don't want people coming in with their motorbikes on on the over the greens and stuff. So, um, but it's certainly you know charities golf charity days. You know, you you guys do an awful lot of uh, great work for charity as well, and um, you know, and maybe not so much ourselves, although we do have. A very strong charity network but perhaps golf could do a little bit more for for that um, within the local communities and it really is it's it's more of an open door policy it's, it's, it's you know, that's really what we need it's um you know we, we do like the private members clubs to be private um, but at what expense and um, you know i think it's um you know i think the acceptance of, of the golf club within the community is is, is much more important and it's something that we've seen through this crisis. Uh, you know, golf in the UK has come out quite well, and um, certainly, certainly as regards the, uh, the on the political side, they've recognised that, that golf is is one of the sports that really did come together uh, as an industry uh, to put forward their case um, to be reopened um, as as the first sport to be to, to do so. And as a result, um, we've uh, we've got an awful lot of interest in memberships at the moment, which is really where we want things to go with golf clubs. Um, we do have a, a slight problem with the nomadic golfer um, and the growth of the nomadic gol- golfer over the membership. But I think and the golf, the golf clubs who are coming out of this crisis um, fairly intact are, are, the, are the ones with uh, high, high revenue through, the, through their membership subscriptions. So, so I think there's, there's definitely safety there. Um, and that's really just reinforcing the, the, the best business model that, that, that we have in golf going forward
1: yeah well, let's talk about the nomadic golfer because i think there's a cautionary tale there and obviously your your model is slightly different there in the uk we where you know a golf club membership might be an annual subscription rather than an initiation fee but there's a lot of clubs here in the united states at least last time there was an economic downturn that they dropped their initiation fees and then what happens is you get yourself into a position where there are a lot more nomadic golf uh, golfers because they're just jumping from one offer to the next. And so what were some of the lessons you you've learned there in the UK um, by, by the way that, that business has been run and, and how can we caution some of the clubs here to stay away from those things, Gavin?
0: Yeah, I, I certainly think, uh, this is, this is really just my opinion more than anything, more than, than fact. And um, But from what, from what I could see and uh, from what I could observe, um, there was certainly a, a case of a, a race to the bottom uh, within green fees uh, trying to attract these um, these nomadic golfers into your club, and third-party resellers uh, of, of of tea time, so, you know, so all all those sorts of initiatives that that came aboard, um, they were as a result of perhaps private members clubs not doing as good a job as they should have been do, doing in trying to attract people to their club, and um, and and also you know dropping the price as you say, removing the the initiation or joining fee. Um, Probably was a mistake, um, but when you're struggling for, for for players, I think I think the first place that most boards who are normally volunteers, and I think the first thing they look at is the price. So and, and instead, really, I mean, I think the answer was was more the the member engagement and, and adding value to the ma- the, the membership. And, you, know, you know, obviously, designing your membership with uh, with features and, and selling the benefits to them, um, and and making membership accessible that way but but not really you know trying to trying to maintain your price and and your joining fee as much as possible and so so yeah so yeah we also have a big issue here at the moment as well with uh, with england golf Uh, england golf is the governing body for amateur golf in 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 england and so they are supporting the nomadic golfer uh, and offering to give the nomadic golfer a handicap um, for a fee, uh, they will administer a handicap for a fee, so they can they can go and play golf clubs and play in, in golf club competitions uh, through through their their handicap. And they're also they also obviously are administering the, the the world handicapping system that's coming in in November here. So that for for the private members clubs, that's obviously um, and and, the, and our general managers, our members, uh, that is a real bone of contention we're not particularly happy about it we don't think it's the right way to go i think that this crisis has shown us the pathway that what what is the right way to go is is to try and you know try and get as many golfers into membership of course there are there's always a place for a public golf course there's always place for for a top golf and an adventure golf and, and, and all, all sorts of different and um, golfing options out there for for people who are you know just with a different different mindset But those who actually play golf regularly, we really should try and make them members.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about uh, the COVID-19 crisis and how clubs handled it there. And and what are some of the long lasting impact of of what we learned from this?
0: Yeah, I I think, again, going back to the financial side, which I think was, um, uh, which is, you know, obviously the bottom line, as we say. So um, I, I think, you know, trying to, trying to avoid giving um, membership holidays I think that was that was quite key as well uh, a lot of members were asking for you know a three month holiday if they weren't getting the service that they were paying for so I think we took the line that well you know you're actually only damaging yourself if you do that um, because you know at the end of the day you're a member of this club and the club is yours so if the less money you put into it you know, it's at the end of the day, where the club's going to have to cut costs to, to break even, and that'll be reflected in, in reducing the service that you'll receive. So, so, I think that that sort of message we we try to get that out to as many clubs and members as possible, so as um, so the finances of the club wouldn't be wouldn't be hit that hard. And um, again, there's there's quite a few clubs out there who rely very very heavily on food and beverage for turnover, and um, so they they're they're you know going through. Um, a difficult time at the moment um, as regards turnover. I'm not, I'm not quite sure profit. Uh, there's not that many clubs in the UK. I don't think who, who turn a great profit from food and beverage. So, um, so again, so I don't think it's going to affect that side of things. But but definitely, it's a, it's a difficult time. Um, I think, just, and also just some of the habits as well that we have, or perhaps traditions, or, or bad habits, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, it's 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 really just. You know, the, there's also been tea times a little bit more spread out. So they're, they're going to 10-minute intervals now between tea times. Um, we've been playing for two balls for the last uh, last two weeks. And, you know, there's, there's an awful lot of members who are very, very happy with that. And, you know, we're getting around the golf course in three hours um, or less. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a, a throwback to, to the, the olden times when you turn up in the car park, change your shoes it, from the boot of your car. And you know, go straight to the course, play nine holes. You're in in an hour and fifteen, hour and a half, and then you're you're gone. So there's a lot of people who've actually enjoyed that. So, and, and the focus on membership again at the moment, uh, most private members clubs are not allowing visitors or guests uh, for at least for the first sort of month, just to give priority to the to the members to make sure that they have the opportunity to play as much as they want, and um, you know un, until this until this this crisis passes. So. It's you know there's yeah the the virtual side as well was something that that we talked about and you, you know I think that was one of the the key takeaways from from your webinar that you did with us and you know that went down extremely well with our members so thank you very much, Gabe, and um, but but certainly the, the the virtual options that that you can you can bring to to the membership just to keep them engaged with the club when you're you're going through a difficult time and um, you know it's but it, there's there's certainly options or opportunities there for the future as well to bring more technology into into the golf club whether it be a simulator whether whether it be a, a quiz night or a, a zoom quiz or cahoots or whatever whatever other option there is there's there's also the idea that if your clubhouse is being occupied for a wedding or or a large event and the members can't actually go to the clubhouse which is the case at the moment then solve that, keep the members engaged through 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 the the virtual side and the techn and the technology side so you know, there's there's an awful lot of innovation that's going on at the moment to to cope with the the crisis, and hopefully you know some of those will 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 keep going um, long afterwards that's uh, certainly we certainly think that that's that's very likely
1: are any of the clubs there starting to limit guest play? I know here like a lot of clubs are are mem- now at least the private clubs are members only in their family. Is that how it is there as well in some of the clubs?
0: Yeah. Um I'm, I'm privy obviously to 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 what's going on in, in in a lot of golf clubs through through the membership. And generally the, the focus has been on members. And um, I think sort of within the next week or two um, guests will will start to be allowed into the those private members' clubs uh, at the request of members. I mean it's 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 a member driven um initiative to let them back because the members are okay. Um, we can now mix with, with one other person uh, from another household um under government guidelines. So I would like to invite my friend back to come and play the course if that's okay. So and um, so that's that's certainly that's certainly coming up on board. Visitors are still really not on the radar of that many. There are you know quite a few golf clubs who who do rely quite heavily on, on visitor green fee. So they will be pushing that, but they're getting pushback from their members because you know the members are enjoying having their course back um, in a limited form. So there's you know there's a trade-off there also. So I think that's that's again pushing golf clubs towards the the membership side of things and the benefit of you know perhaps you know 80 percent membership twenty percent visitor green fee and societies and and you know and keep it you know that as a maximum really uh, going forward long term.
1: Yeah. So, if folks want to learn more about the GCMA or potentially uh, get involved with the organization. What's the best way to do that, Gavin?
0: Well, um, you can contact myself, obviously. I'm always happy to to to, to answer an email. Uh, my email is gavin at gcma.org.uk. And um, you can go on our website, um, which is gcma.org.uk. I'm pretty sure. So, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's the first thing that'll come up on Google. If you type in golf club management, boom, GCMA comes up. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, um, we're going through a lot of changes in association at the moment. Uh, we're we're expecting a new CEO uh, to join us within the next month to six weeks. Um, we have an outgoing CEO who will be leaving, um, sometime in, in early August. um, so there's, there's that transition. There's that handover to go through. Um, our, the, the board is also changing at the moment as well. So we're, we'll be having a new chairman on the board. And so you know, we're going through a lot of change at the moment. Um, uh, and the, the, competitive, the competitive environment is, is increasing. Um, we have a few issues that, um, that we're going to have to combat in the future. But I think really what, what we're trying to do at the GCMA is, is to make ourselves better um, there's you know whatever the competitive environment is and um, the better we are at what we do and um, I think you know that our members are going to stick with us and and they're, and they're going to spread the word they're going to become our, our promoters so I, I think you know throughout the COVID crisis we've we've responded to a need um, which is one of the key things that we do is to support the membership um, but you know, but we also need to educate them. So, so I'm working very hard on putting putting together education programs um, that are you know right up to date, uh, easily consumable, and um, you know because general managers tend to work you know 50 to 60 hours a week. It's not easy for them to take a week off and go and do a course or or, or do a three year diploma while they're working. So, so I'm trying to trying to um, you know facilitate or, or attend to that that need as well. Um, you know, and and also to represent, um, you know, fortunately the GCMA has a has a seat at the top table in golf uh, within the UK. Um, we work very closely with the RNA, uh, with the, the Greenkeeper Association here Biga, uh, also with the PGA uh, and and the golfing unions. And so, um, you know, we're there to represent the members as well uh, and, and and put their put their voice forward, make sure that it's getting heard at the, at the highest levels also with even within government. So as we have been doing for the last last two or three months, so that's, that's where we're going exciting times. Definitely. And, you know, it's, you know, being a general manager is for me, it's, it's the pinnacle of your, your, your your career. And, you know, where do you go after that? I mean, for me, it was, I was, I was a PGA pro. I I went to director of golf and after director of golf, I went to, to golf club general manager. And I just, I thought, okay, but that's it. I've, I've reached the top of the tree. Buck stops here. So, and um, well, almost. <laughs> so we all know about control and responsibilities. So uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it's um. But so I'm, I'm I'm absolutely passionate about the the role itself and, and making sure that our general managers get get the best service that they possibly can.
1: Awesome. One one last thought. I want you to leave us with. What's your long term outlook for golf in the UK?
0: I, I think very positive, Gabe. Uh, I think golf um even though this is this is a terrible time, and um, you know, my heart goes out to to you guys over there as well. I know you're suffering dreadfully with this crisis. We are too. Uh, it almost seems like it's sort of picked on the freest of societies, which is which is a bit unfair, I think. So, um, you know, it, it is it is a terrible time. And there's an awful lot of uh, things that are going on. There are an awful lot more important than golf. Um, however, um, golf has been shown as a as a release, as as an outlet, uh, it's it's something that you can do safely. Um, it's it's good physical exercise. It's good me- mental exercise. Keeps you emotionally stable. Um, and it's and it's a challenge. And it's it's a, it's a sport. So, um, you know, I think the positive things that are coming out of golf, um, you know, it's getting people's attention at the moment. So there is a little bit of momentum. And I think hopefully that you know, as 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 an industry, um, we can. You know, we can promote that um, and try and you know try and feed that momentum uh, little by little. Uh, obviously, as we know, it's a sensitive time, but you know, I think we can we can certainly push our push our game forward and um, and hopefully come out the other end of this this crisis in, in a stronger position that we went into.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right on there, sir. I appreciate your time, Gavin. Thanks for joining us here on Private Club Radio, and I wish you the a great rest of your bank holiday today.
0: Thank you very much, Gabe. Same goes to you guys. Happy Memorial Day. And um, yeah, look forward to to catching up with you soon. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.